Hi, I'm Liza, and I've been reading tarot professionally for well over a decade. And this is Tarot for the Modern Reader, the podcast that will teach you simple, actionable techniques to read the cards with more clarity, accuracy, and ease, so you can get real answers to real questions for real people, including yourself, in today's modern world. Whether your readings are for guidance or prediction, I'll help you 86 the doubt and confusion and take your skills and confidence to the next level so you can become the best tarot reader you know. This is Tarot for the Modern Reader. Hello and welcome to the Tarot for the Modern Reader podcast. I'm your host, Liza, and this is episode number 26, Leo season with Strength and the Sun. So if you have been following along now for a little while, we have um, covered each of the pair of tarot cards that goes along with each season that we have come into in our uh, zodiac seasons, starting with Aries, then we covered Taurus, and most recently we have done Gemini and Cancer. So we are now all the way up to Leo and Leo season uh, with our cards that that represents. So we are going to dive straight into that in this episode. And then we'll probably have a couple of weeks in between where we will have um, episodes on other topics in the tarot. We'll take a little bit of a break uh, from this series until we get into Virgo season. So for right now, then let's circle back and let's just dive right in. So this is the time of Leo the lion. This is the fifth sign of the zodiac and it asks us to focus on fun, creativity, and even our children. Additionally, it's a great time for connecting with your own inner child and really just having more childlike fun. So what are those things that bring you joy? What are those things that make you happy? Those are the things that we want to be doing more of this season. The full expression of summer is really upon us now as the sun makes its way into its own sign. So, you know, of course, the sun rules the sign of Leo. So the sun is here for all of us in all of its glory. And we're all here under this fiery, playful energy, you know, the sunbeams that it is shining down on us. So you might be asking if this is the time and the sign that the sun naturally represents and it's considered the best representation of summer, then why does the summer solstice, the time that's considered midsummer or the fullest expression of the season, herald the beginning of cancer season? Well, that, my friend, is where astrology comes in and a little thing called progressions. So as most of us know, unless you've been living under a rock, uh, you know, we're soon going to be entering the age of Aquarius. And by soon, you know, we're talking about years at this point, but we are at the precipice of a new era. Each astrological era lasts over 2,000 years, 2,160 to be exact. So really, even if we're a couple years away, like we are totally in the ballpark right now. So several ages back, all the way back to the age of Taurus, the Sabbaths occurred not in the cardinal signs, but in the fixed signs or what we now know as these fixed signs. So the summer solstice actually occurred at the time that the sun entered the sign of Leo, not Cancer, 
which actually makes more sense since the season of summer is associated with fire and the sun itself, both of which are attributed to the sign of Leo. And these are all masculine energies, whereas Cancer is the natural ruler of the moon and all things feminine. But here we are nearly three ages later and the natural progressions of the heavenly bodies and other fixed points in our solar systems, you know, they're bringing things into different alignments. You know, this is over extremely extended periods of time. So it's really such a phenomenal representation of just how vast the universe is and how truly small really we are, you know, as a part of it, how, how such a small part of the universe we really are compared to, you know, how great the, the magnanimity of all of it is. <laughs> so now, even though we reach the summer solstice in mid July, as the sun enters the sign of cancer, Leo is the sign that it rules. And it's the sign that it really shines the brightest in. So let's talk about some of the cards that I expect you'll see more of in your readings for Leo season. First of all, Leo is fire energy, as we've said. So in the tarot, the element of fire is attributed to the suit of wands. So you would expect to, in general, see more wands cards in your readings. Now, this would make sense because in addition to talking about exactly which three cards of the wand suit, that is, which deacon is associated with Leo, we can expect our readings to reflect kind of, you know, the information and feedback that we get in our personal lives. So this would be directly related to wands type of scenarios, like the things that are happening in our lives are going to be of a wands type of nature. You know, the things that are depicted in our lives or the things that are happening in our lives are going to be depicted in the wands cards in general, just for the sheer fact that wands is a fiery energy. And that's the energy that we're living under right now under the sign of Leo. So in Leo season, those things are generally things of an active nature, like the fire energy is, rather than of a passive or a receptive nature like water or earth energies would be. Now, the fiery Leo is all about being out there, being bold, having fun, working with your creativity, following your passions, experimenting with hobbies that bring you joy and delight being generous, being magnanimous, being more outgoing and sociable. I could go on. These are just all qualities that are associated with the very nature of Wands energy itself. And it shows up in our Wands cards as well as our Wands court card members. These court card members are probably the ones that you're likely to interact with this month. And they're the ones that are going to show up as yourself in your readings. You're going to be embodying more of these aspects of your personality than you would likely be inclined to, um, you know, at other types of other times of the year. So you're going to display uh, more of this side of yourself during Leo season. These are the roles that you're going to embody more often, if that makes sense. So let's talk about the major arcana first. So any of the cards that are attributed to the fire signs or their ruling planetary bodies are the ones that are most likely to show up in your readings this season. So just like all of the wands cards are more likely to come out over other suits, regardless of whether or not they're the three that rule, you know, the deacon of Leo, 
We're going to see this in our major arcana as well. So the fire sign cards um, in all of your major arcana are going to be just more likely than others to show up in your reading at this time, not just the two that pertain to the sign of Leo and its ruling body, which is the sun. And it's not really a secret which two cards I'm referring to since it's in the name of the episode, but strength is the card that it's attributed specifically to the sign of Leo, naturally, since it's often depicted portraying a lion on the card. And then the sun card is naturally ruled by the sun itself. Now, I say naturally, but it's not really a given as evidenced by the moon card not being ruled by the moon itself. It's attributed to the sign of Pisces, while the moon as a planet is assigned to the card of the high priestess. So it's never really just black and white, is it? And then the strength card in our deck is one of our four cardinal virtues in the tarot. And if you're interested in learning more about that topic in general, I did do a whole podcast specifically on the four cardinal virtues and where they show up in our major arcana. So the four cardinal virtues were first proposed by Plato in the Republic, and, you know, they were used to describe the qualities that would make a good city. They were fortitude, justice, prudence, and temperance. Now, today, we think of the four cardinal virtues as the bedrock of good character, and the strength card represents the virtue of fortitude. So the cardinal virtue of fortitude shows up in our tarot deck as the strength card, and in some older decks, it's even been termed uh, fortitude as well. So the virtue of fortitude is described as strength, forbearance, and courage, all qualities of Leo the Lion. It's the virtue of trusting that what needs to be done will be done, even when it's hard or even when we are fearful. This includes confronting fears or uncertainty. It asks us to have faith that others will keep their promises and follow through on things. The symbolism for this includes armor, a club, and a lion, and this virtue was assigned to the warrior class of people. So this was very much, you know, representative of the physical nature at that time. There there are times that this card does embody more of a physical strength, although that's not always um, in our day and time now the most common embodiment or the most common attribute of this card, uh, in my opinion. So let's take a look at our strength card. Here we see a woman subduing a lion as depicted in the images of the woman symbolizing fortitude. In our strength card, though, we are often told that it's not a card of physical strength, but of other types of strength. Not necessarily mental, although it could be, but oftentimes strength of character, strength of conviction, and again, courage. When strength appears, we need to be prepared to do the hard things, handle hard things, put in the hard yards, Often when strength shows up, it's talking about our physical, our mental, our emotional, and our psychological fortitude. Now, the woman in the card subdues the lion, not with her brute strength, but with her will. And it's interesting that this card comes after the seven, um, the chariot, which we've talked about, and how that card is really about um, working with our directed will. Excuse me. So this card exemplifies confronting fears and trusting that what is meant to be will be. Strength really takes the long game. Every good warrior knows that it's one thing to win the battle. It's another to win the war. With strength, there really are no quick wins. So this card is about discipline, foregoing immediate gratification for long-term gains. This card is about the strength of our will and our ability to get the things done that need to be done, even if they'll take time or seem really impossible, like 
petting a lion into submission. (laughs) So we can see how these qualities of emotional strength, you know, will, courage, and bravery all go along with Leo season. There are times that we are in more of a receptive nature, more of a receiving or a flow state, but that's not typically in one of our fire signs. Fire is for action and the strength card really matches that. The strength card doesn't show in our readings or find us when we're sitting back, taking a break or just resting for a bit. It often shows up when action is action is needed in some way and tired as we may be, we need to find the strength or the emotional fortitude to press on. This is a time for action and it's a call, you know, a card for calling us to that action, even if it's hard in the moment. So sometimes it's representing a moment that we need a break, not necessarily the moment that we're on a break. So as representing psychological concepts and archetypes, the major arcana cards rarely reflect those physical, you know, physical work or physical states, in my opinion, as much as they do the emotional or the psychological. So this strength isn't as often depicted as an indication of physical strength as it is mental, psychological, emotional. All right, let's take a moment now to switch gears and talk about the sun card a little bit. Now, I really feel like this one requires little explanation, right? Like everything we know about Leo, we know to be true about the qualities of the sun. And everything we know about the sun is directly reflected in this card. So in nearly every version of this card, you see there are often sunflowers depicted. So I want to take some time and talk about this. Um, I feel like the sunflowers in this card really are such a great representation of the energy of the card itself. This is because sunflowers are a representation of the sun, a a nearly perfect representation of the sun. And they hold nearly all of the same attributes as the sun itself. And, you know, so this card. This is also the time of year that sunflowers bloom. And that's not a coincidence. So let me tell you this little story. We planted a row of mammoth sunflowers this year, um, seeds along the back row of our property. So we planted them from seed. And this is the first time we've planted them. We've never planted sunflowers before. So they have nearly all started to bloom just as Leo season began. Now, I think the first couple bloomed right on the first day of Leo season. But what's interesting about that is that we plant them at intervals. We had some that didn't take. So a week later, I went back and I reseeded those ones, you know, the holes where the seedlings didn't come up. And then again, out of those ones that didn't take, I reseeded a few more more again a week later always on a Sunday because obviously you guys know me you know how I am with the gardening stuff so I'll spare you that spiel but obviously Sunday is the day associated with the sun it's ruled by the Greek and Roman god Apollo and you know all sun gods really in all cultures and most of these were considered you know like the god of the sun so if if that being the case then Sunday is naturally the best day to plant sunflower seeds So uh, these seeds were all planted within two weeks of each other. Um, And of course, as we talk about this, everything is related. So the point here is that they all bloomed or are about to bloom within the first few days of Leo season, regardless of the fact that some of them were planted as much as two weeks apart from each other. 
which I think is really, really interesting. It's like they just have this natural affinity for Leo. And and in all reality, the sunflower is one of the emblems of, you know, the sun gods and um, of Leo itself. So if you are in um, the Facebook group, I think I'm going to post some pictures in there of our sunflowers that are just starting to bloom. Uh, that is called Tarot for the Modern Reader. So if you want to peek in there, uh, maybe later today or this evening, I'll try and get some uh, photos of our sunflowers in there. My husband actually had to go out and get up on a ladder and use some string to help support some of these um, and like a like wooden, like some sort of like a brace he made because some of them are so large, like the heads are so large and weighty that the weight of them is making them lean over and like their heads are starting to droop. Like they're literally so tall. He had to get out a ladder. They are going to grow to be about 15 feet. Honestly, some of them might even be that tall already. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but that's another attribute that makes them associated with the sun. So not only do they look like giant suns themselves, you know, with their big, bright yellow, bold and beautiful circular shaped heads that just look like the sun, they will grow extremely tall and reach for the sun. And it's not just that they get tall in their attempt to reach for the sun. They actually track the sun. Did you know that? Like we've always heard that a sunflower follows the sun, right? But what's really cool is to see it in action because it's not just the flower head itself that does that. It's the actual like whole plant. I found that during the growing season at no matter what stage of growth the plant was at, even from the tiniest little seedlings that first sprouted, the leaves consistently turned to face the sun and receive as much light on, you know, the face of their leaves as possible. Like the whole plant would orient itself towards the sun. The leaves on like the far side of the sun would like tip up. It was almost like the plant was like leaning toward the sun. And when I would come back out later in the day, it was literally facing the other direction. Like the, just the plant itself. If you did not know what kind of plant I had planted back there before any blooms were coming out, if you knew this about sunflowers and, you know, obviously you'd have to be on the property enough to see it, but like it, if you walked past them, because this is along the alleyway, the back of our property is like right up against an alley that has traffic and through fare, you could walk past. And if you were, you know, astute enough or a steward of nature, you know, someone like such a person that would listen to this podcast, you might notice that in the morning, the plants were all facing east and in the afternoon, the plants were all facing west. So that's just a little interesting tidbit on sunflowers themselves. But this is said to be based on the same Greek and Roman mythology that gives us the stories of the sun god Apollo. So one of his roles was to pull the sun across the sky every day in his chariot. So he would ride each day from east to west, bringing the rising sun across the sky until it set on the other side. And there once was a nymph named Clady that he was involved with at one time that loved the sun god so much that even when turned into a sunflower, which is a whole story on its own that I won't get into, but at some point she was turned into a sunflower and she continued to watch him all day long. This is why sunflowers are said to follow the sun and why they're associated with loyalty and devotion because all day long, even as a sunflower, this poor nymph Clady would follow Apollo from the moment he rose in the east all the way until he's gotten across the sky until his chariot and the sun have set in the west. 
So you can see again how this sun card and the sign of Leo are associated, you know, but also their attributes that describe them, you know, going all the way back to the ancient mythologies that helped forge the meanings of our cards to begin with and how closely the symbols on those cards are often related to the meaning of the card itself. And honestly, it's not just the Greek and Roman mythology. Like, this is just a story that I'm, you know, the mythology that I'm sharing with you to illustrate the the story and, you know, the card. Um, and it's my mythology of choice. But this, uh, this concept occurs across all, you know, traditions. The sunflower is symbolic of similar myths in almost every culture, you know, in society, honestly. They represented the sun god Inti in the Incan traditions. They were sacred to Native Americans who used them in their sun dance rituals. So sunflower is a sacred flower that has been attributed to sun gods in almost every uh, mythological tradition over the years. Now, other symbols on the sun card that are relevant to the meaning are often the portrayal of a young boy and a white horse. So white usually is the horse because white is associated with the male or the masculine qualities, such as the sun is, while black is associated with the female and the yin qualities. And then this is the same reason that the card portrays a young boy rather than a young girl. And again, as such, Apollo is considered the patron god of young boys in particular, while his twin sister Artemis, or Diana, uh, depending on whether you follow Greek or Roman tradition, is the patron of young girls. So Leo represents the time of year that the sun card really truly is in its fullest expression. It's often the brightest and the hottest at this time of year too in Leo season. And these are two qualities that the sun card really will, you know, represent in our everyday life as well. Okay, so let me make one more quick pivot and circle back to those deacons that I mentioned in the beginning. Now, naturally, again, if you've been following along in this series on astrology and the corresponding tarot cards, then you've heard me share about the deacons. So I will make it short here. Uh, For the 30 degrees of the zodiac that Leo represents, we have three tarot cards, each naturally representing 10 degrees of said sign. And again, also naturally, these are going to be three of the wands cards. And if you remember, we use the cards two through 10 when we are describing our deacons. So that is nine cards. And of course, this perfectly allots three to each of the three fire signs of the zodiac, Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. Now, Leo being the sign in the middle of those three is the fixed fire sign. Cardinal is the one that leads the way, so that would be Aries, and Mutable is the last one that's most willing to yield to what follows, so that would be Sagittarius. Uh, So here we are in the middle with the fixed sign of Leo, and as such, we see this reflected in the minors that it rules as the middle as well, so that would be the five, the six, and the seven of wands. These are all about leadership, a very, very, very Leo quality as well. So in the five of wands, we have that pressure cooker, right? Everyone is vying for the top spot. It isn't a battle exactly, but more like a contest. You guys know what the five of wands looks like. You know, everyone has an opinion. Everyone wants to be heard. Everyone wants to be chosen as the leader. That's so Leo. And then in the six we see a clear leader emerge. And of course, in many depictions of this card, that leader is on a white horse. And then in the seven, we see that that leader is desperately trying to hold on to that position of power. 
So you might find yourself dealing with situations that kind of fit this narrative in your own life at this time of year. And that's what's really fun about tarot. It's finding these stories in your own life. Tarot isn't a hobby that exists outside of your real life. This is the real life. The magic follows the mundane. The mundane lives out the magic. So as above, so below, what happens in the heavens and the stars we see reflected in our own daily lives, you know, down here on our planet. And if you want to deliberately work with this type of energy this season, I would uh, suggest that you even work with a few of the other correspondences that are associated with this card and really help pull this energy into your own life. So this could be working with or strengthening your solar plexus chakra. This is a chakra that's yellow and it's associated with the element of fire. Or you could work with any of the yellow or the golden crystals like citrine, yellow calcite, or really even tiger's eye. This is a great crystal for this time of year, even though it's not yellow. So you really want to you know, take a look at how this energy reflects in your daily life. It's not a coincidence that these are the cards that show up more. It's not like, oh, well, these are the cards that go along with Leo, so they should show up more. But why? Why is that? Why do they show up more? They show up more because they represent the scenarios that really are related to the energies that the cosmos are shining down on us right now, if that makes sense. So I hope that these, you know, episodes that we do on the astrology of the tarot cards is helpful and really helps relate these, you know, cards and the things that we see in the cards to our own modern lives and like how this applies to the world that we're living in now. Okay, so that is all I have for you on this episode with Leo and the Sun and the Strength card and the Wands cards that we're seeing uh, these energies show up with. So I hope that you have enjoyed it and you've learned something new and you can find the ways that they relate to what's going on in your life. And, you know, on that note, please join me over in the Facebook group, Tarot for the Modern Reader. I will add that to the show show notes and add photos of my giant sunflowers to the group. And I'd love to hear about some of your own firsthand stories of how you're experiencing the strength or the sun or the wands cards or any other variety of this Leo energy into, you know, your own life this season. Okay, that is it. Thanks for tuning in and I will see you in the next episode.